0: Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of your word. We thank you for the body of Jesus Christ all around the world, Lord, that you will bless them exceedingly abundantly above all they can ask or imagine. Lord. Heal their lands, Lord. Bless their food, Lord. Heal their bodies, Lord. Prosper on them, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. Let gold and silver be in their house, Lord. Multiply it. For the good of the body of Christ, Lord. For the kingdom of God. Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the resources. Come, resources. Come to us, Lord. And establish the purpose of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for the reading of the Word. Today we're going to be reading from 2 Samuel 15:23 to 16:23. Amen. Here we go. Everyone cried loudly as the king and his followers passed by. They crossed the Kindred Valley and they went out towards the wilderness. Sadok and all the Levites also came along carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set down the Ark of God and Abitar offered sacrifices until everyone had passed out of the city. Then the king instructs Sadduk to take the ark of God back into the city. If the Lord sees fit, David said, he will bring me back to see the ark and the tabernacle again. But if he is through with me, then let him do what it seems best to him. The king also told Sadak the priest, Look, here is my plan. You and Abitai should return quietly to the city with your son Ahimas." And Abiatar's son, Jonathan, I will stop at the shallows of the Jordan River and wait there for a report from you. So Sadak and Abiatar took the ark of God back to the city and stayed there. David walked up the road to the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered and his feet were bare as a sign of mourning, and the people who were with him covered their heads and wept as they climbed the hill. When someone told David that his advisor Ahitopel was now backing Absalom, Absalom, David prayed, Let Ahitopel give Absalom foolish advice when David reached the summit of the Mount of Olives, where people were worshiping God, worship God, Hushai the archite, was waiting there for him. Hushai had torn his clothing and put dirt on his head as a sign of mourning. But David told him, "If you go with me, you will only be a burden. Return to Jerusalem and tell Asalom, I will now be your advisor. O king, just as I was your father's advisor in the past. Then you can frustrate and counter Ahithophel's advice. Sadak and Abiatar, the priest, will be there. Tell them about the plans being made in the king's palace, and they will send their sons Ahihamas and Jonathan to tell me what is going on. So David's friend, Hushai, returned to Jerusalem, getting there just as Absalom arrived. When David had gone a little beyond the summit of the Mount of Olives, Ziba the servant of Mephibosheth was waiting there for him, and he had two donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisins, 100 bunches of summer fruit, and, wineskin, and a wineskin full of wine. What are these for? the king asked Ziba. And Ziba replied, The donkeys are for the king's people to ride on, and the bread and summer fruit are for the young man to eat. The wine is for those who become exhausted in the wilderness. And where is Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson? the king asked him. He stayed in Jerusalem, Ziba replied. He said, Today I will give back the kingdom of my father, my grandfather Saul. In that case, the king told Ziba, I give you everything Mephibosheth owns. I bowed before you, Ziba replied, May I always be pleasing to you, my lord the king. As king David came to Bahurim, a man came out of the village cursing them. It was Shimei, son of Gerah, from the same clan as Saul's family. He threw stones at the king and the king's officers. And all the mighty warriors who were surrounded him. Get out of here, you murderer and scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed In Saul's clan you stole his throne and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. At last you will taste some of your own medicine for you are a murderer. Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king, Abishai? son of Zariah demanded, Let me go over there and cut his head off. No, the king said. Who asks you your opinion, you sons of Zariah? If the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? Then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, My own son is trying to kill me. Doesn't this relative of Saul have even more reason to do so? Leave him alone and let him curse. For the Lord has told him to do it, and perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. So David and his men continued down the road, and Shimei kept pace with them on a nearby hillside, cursing as he went and throwing stones at David and tossing dust in his hair. in the air. The king and all who were with him grew weary along the way, so they rested when they reached the Jordan River. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the army of Israel arrived in Jerusalem, accompanied by Ahitopel. When David's friend, Hushai, the archite, arrived, he went immediately to see Absalom. Long live the king, he exclaimed. Long live the king. In this way you treat your friend David, Absalom asked him. Why aren't you with him? I am here because I belong to the man who is chosen by the Lord and by all the men of Israel, Hushai replied. And anyway, why shouldn't I serve you? Just as I was your father's advisor, now I will be your advisor. When Absalom turned to Ahitophel and asked him, What should I do next? Ahitophel told him, Go and sleep with your father's concubines, for he has left them here to look after the palace. Then all of Israel will, will know that you have insulted your father beyond hope of reconciliation, and they will throw their support to you. So they set up a tent on the palace roof where everyone could see it. And Absalom went in and had sex with his father's concubines. Absalom followed Ahitophel's advice just as David had done. For every word Ahitophel spoke seemed as wise as though it had come directly from the mouth of God. Wow, interesting. Very interesting. Um, You know, and even his foolish advice... Ahitopel thought it was coming from God.
1: Lord, um, I mean, uh, Ab- Absalom. Absalom thought it was from God. That's very foolish advice. I mean... When I was in the beginning, I was, I was, as you started to read, it, it pointed out that Adipopel and Absalom, his son and his advisor, are now betraying him. I'm just, as I was reading, I was wondering, I must have missed something before, where it talked about why did Absalom turn on his dad? Do you know that part?
0: Yeah. The, uh, it was like anything else, you know. Before that, we had we have mixed mixed blood, different mothers. And they have different uh, agendas as far as a desire and greed for the kingdom. And, you know... He uh, afterlah would have been a great great next to King David like, like Solomon, but he chose to uh, to rebel and, and you know the, the armies fought and I, I believe um, you know some of the uh, generals that that David had, they were his sister's sons or something like that, you know, so it was, you know, a lot of family into it, family, a lot of family relationships that are um, like Joab and all these guys and and they too fought against each other. But But anyway, he just wanted the throne and he wanted his father dead.
1: Yeah, and I like how it said, oh, that's in the next part. Um, so sad, huh? Yeah, because his advisor also turned on him.
0: I, the thing that came to my mind, too, is the loyalty of the guys he sent back, you know, and then the the other friend, you know, they were friends of David and they were extremely loyal. And they were going back undercover, mm. to, you know, to send him information. He, he knew he could trust them that they were loyal to him. They just he knew who was loyal who wasn't. Mm. And uh, he sent two guys back, and then a third, I believe. Um. But it's amazing how how the curse. Talk about the curse. The guy yeah. goes, "We were talking about, you know, people cursing us." I was talking to somebody in my mind, saying, "You know, what does a cursed person do? A cursed person curses. That's what he does. He's cursed." Yeah. Amen. That's and right. what do what do we do? We bless, uh, bless people, and we also bless curse people. And then it's amazing. The guy, David, King David said, "Let him curse." What about right. it? If the Lord sees right. it and uh-huh. and and, turn, and makes it a blessing to me, because he's I'm being cursed.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what we were talking about this morning. Mm-hmm. And I I highlighted it because, you know, at the end of the day. It's the Lord is watching out for the words. He's, he's got the righteous people protected. He's, you know, he's a good guy. He's not going to let that wrong continue. You know, he's not going to let that, that wrong um, come against you. Mm-hmm. So you have to, that's why in certain situations, we have to learn not to accept those, you know, being pulled in, in other words. Mm-hmm. Being pulled in to where the enemy wants you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to distract you from the work that you're doing. You know, to play with your mind, to, to to take your heart and and just, you know, twist it around and make it like a resentment. I guess is what I going to say. But the amazing thing he says, and perhaps the Lord will see that I'm being wronged, and will bless me. And because 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 of these curses today, but it, we could also even. You know, the word says, when you when you bless those people, that, that a blessing will come back on yourself. You know, so the people that we're blessing, it's actually something for you. So if we could just look at it that way, you know, even though the person has wronged you, you know, I'm blessing the person because it's I'm just, like, blessing myself. I don't know.
0: Amen. Okay. Let me go ahead and read next. Yeah.
1: Um. Yes. John chapter 18, verse 25, 19 to 22. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, they asked him again, You're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, No, I am not. But as one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, what is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone. The Jewish leaders replied, this fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought up to brought to him. "Are you the King of the Jews?" he asked him. Jesus replied, "Is is this your question, or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew?" Pilate retorted. "Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done?" Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you're a king. Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Who is, "'What is truth?' Pilate asked. "'Then he went out again to the people and told them, "'He's not guilty of any crime. "'But you have, a, you have a custom of asking me "'to release one prisoner each year at Passover. "'Would you like me to release this king of the Jews?' "'But they shouted back, "'No, not this man. We want Barabbas.' "'Barabbas was a revolutionary.' Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. Lead-tipped The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put a purple robe on him. Hail, King of the Jews, they mocked as they slapped him across the face. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I am going to bring him to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said, Look, here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and temple guards began shouting, Crucify him, crucify him. Take him. Take him to yourselves and crucify him. Pilate said, I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied By our By our law he ought to die because he called himself son of God. When Pilate heard this then he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greatest sin. Whoa, Lord. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Le- Jewish leaders shouted, If you release this man, you're no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat of the platform on the platform that is called the stone pavement, in Hebrew, Gabatha. It was now about noon on the day of preparation of Passover for the Passover, and Pilate said to the people. Look, here is your king. Away with him, they yelled Away with him. Crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. The leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate turned, turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus away. Carrying the cross by himself, he went to the place, the place, uh, place called Place of the Skull. In Hebrew, Golgotha. There they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on, e- one on either side with Jesus, between them and Pilate. between them, And Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near a city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin and Greek, so that many people could read it. Then the leading priest objected and said to Pilate, Change it from king of the Jews to, he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate replied, No, what I have written, I have written. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Jesus. Okay. What did you, what do you think?
0: Amen. Beautiful. It's just so sad, you know, that Jesus had to be whipped and hurt the king. Be redeemed, you know, part of the process to take could shed so much blood for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. The Redeemer, it was prophesying Isaiah for him to accept that, or to go through it, you know, was uh, mind boggling, you know. He, and he, when he went as a lamb without opening up his mouth, you know, without, yeah. for one thing, not surrendering to the Romans saying for mercy. You know, he went willingly with all that pain, and then I think um, the individual was trying to get the compassion of the crowd to have compassion for Jesus after he was hurt. Yeah. You know, so so if he, I figured if he whipped them, the, and the, but the, they wanted blood. You know, they the frenzy wanted him crucified
1: you know, one thing that Pastor Prince was teaching not, not too long ago was about um, the whip that they used and the, the stripe that hit Jesus on the back, But and he said that, that it was like a special type of whip, and I just read here it says, then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead tipped whip this is not just a leather whip, this is lead on the ends of that mm-hmm. and that's when Pastor Prince was showing us a picture where, you know the stripes that he took and how much it just tore his body up with that lead. Mm -hmm. Everything was just exposed. Um, You know, I thought that was, you know, as Caesar was trying to get information from him, um, Jesus told him straight up, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom because if it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders, but my kingdom is not of this world, you know, it's just like in the earlier in the book of John where it says, um, we're in the world, but we're not of the world, you know, as Christian, uh, born again believers, um, and then, and he really wouldn't answer the thing, so you're a king, and he, you know, probably asked him a couple times, and he said you say I'm a king actually I was born and came into the world to testify the truth all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true so he really didn't have to debate that with anybody the truth was already instilled in the people who would believe the truth that he came to bring because the word says grace and truth came through Jesus Um, that was a good point um, and and you know there was many times that Caesar came out and he said I, he's not guilty he's not guilty I I'm just amazed how the people or I guess it must have been more the Pharisees were leading this because um you know if 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 the king King Caesar would tell the people if they're being led by this king and he says I find him not guilty, I find him not guilty. What has he done? And then he keeps saying how not guilty he is. Why wouldn't the people believe that part? Right. You know? So because he called himself the Son of God? It says the lead the Jewish leader said by our law he ought to die. It says by our law, not the law of Moses. I mean, I don't know if he's I don't know where they get that but um you know, he was trying, um, he was trying to, to help Jesus, you know, by telling people he's not guilty, he's not guilty. But then Jesus told him, he says, the, so the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. You know, so... Pilate was the one saying not guilty, not guilty.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Yeah, so but um Okay, so anyway, um it's just amazing how people didn't really and in the ending part, you know, um, people wanted him to change the words that they had King of the Jews on there, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, what I have written, I have written. So they put it in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek so many could read it. So it's almost like, you know, he did not change um, the King of the Jews that was displayed there. And they really just on the technicality wanted that change, because it's it's, come up, it's almost funny. It says, "I I I am king of the Jews." He said, "I am king of the Jews," <laughs> not not I'm the king of the Jews, right? They want him to to put on that on the on his. Uh, instead of from the king of the Jews that he had said he was king of the Jews how ridiculous is that anyway anyway, that's anything else no go ahead and read, read. okay Psalm
0: 119
1: 113 to 128 uh, and it's praying the Psalms press your heart into the mold of the obedience today turn away from people and ways that are false Psalm 119 thir- 113 to 128 I hate those with divided loyalties, but I love your instructions. You're my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Get out of my life, you evil-minded people, for I intend to obey the commands of my God. Lord, sustain me as you promised that I may live. Do not let my hope be crushed. Sustain me and I will be rescued. Then I will meditate continually on your decrees. But you have rejected all who stray from your decrees. They are only fooling themselves. You skim off the wicked of the earth like scum. No wonder I love to obey your laws. I tremble in fear of you. I stand in awe of your regulations. Don't leave me to the mercy of my enemies, for I have done what is just and right. Please guarantee a blessing for me. Don't let the arrogance oppress me. My eyes strain to see your rescue, to see the truth of your promise fulfilled. I am your servant. Deal with me in unfailing love. And teach me your decrees, give me discernment give discernment to me your servant, then I will understand your laws. Lord, it is time for you to act for these evil people have violated your instructions. Truly, I love your commands more than gold, even the finest gold. Each of your commandments is right. that is why I hate every false way. Proverbs sixteen ten to eleven. The king speaks with divine wisdom. He must never judge unfairly. The Lord demands accurate scales and balances. He sets the standards for fairness. Amen, Lord. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. For the good
0: amen and amen. Good reading, girl. Yeah. Greetings family welcome to today's Bible study. I'm very excited and happy to, to be here and have the opportunity to push and learn the Word of God and not look at TikTok or YouTube, which they want me to. The excitement to me is finding God and seeing how he works and how he demonstrates himself on our behalf. He wants to demonstrate himself in miracles and wonders abilities and perform and to believe in the impossible to believe that someone can change someone you talk to you can plant a seed and it can be fruition and change just by being you and having fun out there God is a good God he doesn't make things too hard for us we make things hard for ourselves and conditions and regulations and so forth so let's go ahead and thank God You say this guy's way out there, huh? Thank you God for my life just the way it is. Thank you God for today's reading. Help us, Lord God, zero in on what you would have us to do. <clears throat> Thank you for our voices, our eyes, our ears. Let them us use them appropriately to your word, Lord, that we may be successful all the days of our life. We pray to for the listeners that they will have success and prosperity and health, Lord, because that's your will father as a father you want pleasant pleasantness you want to be pleased with us lord and we ask you to bless the people that they be pleasing to you and taking care of themselves and enjoying life in jesus name amen reading today genesis chapter 3 to chapter 426 for january the second and i have anna here with me she'll be reading the second half Here we go. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At the moment their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sowed seeds fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called them to the man. Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I command you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the women, and between your offsprings and her offsprings. I will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And so the man said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and twistle for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground, from which you were made, for you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man Adam named his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all life. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam to out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now Adam had sexual relationship with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant when she gave birth to Cain. She said, With the Lord's help I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lamb from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain, Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know. Cain responded, Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer in the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, My punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land, and from your presence you have made me homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, No, for I will give you a sevenfold punishment for I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warrant anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the, presence, the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain had sexual relationship with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain found a city which he named Enoch. After his son Enoch had a son named Irad. Irad became the father of Mehujael. Mehujael became the father of Methuselah. Methuselah became the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada, and the second was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, who was the first of those who raised livestock and lived in tents. His brother was named Jubal, the first of all, who played the harp and flute. Lamech's other wife, Zillah, gave birth to a son named Tubal-Cain. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Tubal-Cain had a sister named Nama. One day Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice. Listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. If someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished 77 times. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. Wow. Genesis describes a human moral innocence collapse through rebellion. What God declared as very good was no longer completely so. Men and women ate the fruit that promised knowledge of good and evil and thus broke God's command. Worse, they try to become like God and thus fall from their sinless state. Alienated from God, one another, and creation, they also became subject to death. The term original sin denotes sin's complete universal infiltration into individual lives and human society as a result of human rebellion. Note, I want to take you to this place where I see a lot of rebellion is uh, where he says... He says, sin is knocking at your door and it's crouching and waiting to spring on you. He says, but if you refuse... To, he says, but if you refuse to do what is right, so we need to, to... That's where vulnerability, giving the benefit of the doubt, relaxing, that is more worthy to keep the peace than to rebel against somebody, try to teach him a lesson. That person may never learn. When you're rebelling against people... It's like rebelling against a tree. You ain't going to get anything across. Um, Being the first one to make the peace is what we won't be in the danger of of sin taking over us or rebellion. Right here. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right.
1: Powerful.
0: Okay, I all my life I wanted to be accepted by the Father God, I didn't know how to be accepted, and I would rebel and get mad because I didn't know how to get all I wanted was to be at peace with my Father in heaven, and the twelve step program showed me to slow down and to do that, but if you refuse to do what is right, I keep then watch out sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. See, sin is eager to control us, but you must subdue it, and you must subdue it and be its master. Now, how do you subdue it? That when sin is already infiltrated, we have all things are possible with God. You subdue it this way. I thank you, God, that I'm sinning. I thank you, God, that I'm a sinner. I thank you, God. When you do that. You're at, you're calling for the higher powers, the God of the creation. You're actually allowing God to access your your makeup, your innermost being, your soul and your spirit, and go in there and separate the two, and get that control issue out of your life by admitting. He says, first, agree with the advisor with the adversary. You're agreeing with it. Now you're saying you're thankful that you're being controlled by sin what is that see the devil tells you that's the stupidest thing you can ever heard of but god is telling you that you praise me for all things i am god and there is no other look to me and be saved all you of the world that's why we look to the word of god and we're saved look to me he's inside his word and then we get strength we thank god for our bad habits and our good and eventually you push those bad habits out of your way because God is good you're calling on good anyway I' I'm, I'm going overboard I'll rest my case for a minute.
1: <laughs> um, let's go back and just reiterate there is, that is scriptural um, because if you go to first Thessalonians 5 16 to 18 then you will see there that it says that um, that you should pray and and be in Thanksgiving be thankful. For all things, I'm paraphrasing, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for your life. Okay, so what Fernando said, how do you control that sin? Well, you know, um, if by thanking God for a bad situation, many people can't grasp that. They're like, what? Thank God because it's bad. Yes. Why? You're acknowledging that you can't handle the problem for one. Number two, there's power in releasing the problem to God because guess what? He's all powerful and has great solutions. He'll dispatch the angels to come on site to help orchestrate a solution for you. And we're not solving it on our own strength. We are putting it at the throne in heaven and you know that God is seated at the throne. Nothing escapes him of what you're going through. Every detail he knows about you. So that's why we thank him for all things it's so easy fernando to thank people when we are things going good i got money in the account i'm getting along with people i have a good job i have a nice car all the things that you know the blessings of god that that come but is it easy to thank god when you're when you're having a difficulty in a relationship in a family when you see your uh, sister or your 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 brother addicted to alcohol, and you know they're cussing you out, <laughs> you know yeah is they're it, cussing it, you out yeah. Is it easy? No, it's not. It's Wait. it's because your flesh want to say uh, fire back. I learned that very early. It's like I would, the enemy would. In, engage me in back and forth with this spirit of alcohol and I finally learn. no I'm not going to respond anymore and I'm going to forgive I'm going to choose to forgive because I could be angry all my life over this so anger in general that is not good for our it's bodies it's a trick
0: from the enemy yes huh? exactly wants you to respond hmm. and join them
1: right and fight and, and sometimes you just gotta put a little plug in your mouth and not not speak anything bad but the uh, the answer to is to be thankful for how they are just the way they are because i can't change them no one can change them god can change hearts and that's why we put the people and say thank you god for so and so just the way they are and you allow it to go into his hands so that he can he can fix it you know then then it takes it off of you and you you know, we have to let go of resentments, we have to let go of anger and we have to forgive people. It's just what we got to do to stay healthy. A healthy spirit, a healthy body and doing the right thing. And it's it I have to say that I wish I would have known this years back. Years back I would wish I would have known somebody somebody would have taught me this particular um concept not a concept but a, a principle that god has given us hey it's easy but you know sometimes we just don't know what to say we're we're hurting i understand that so we we say you know uh thank you god for my emotions and that i'm feeling you start with thanking them about how what you're going through you know i thank you that i have that i repent from that thought or you say thank you god that you know um for them just the way they are you just start start with a little thank you Little by little, and it doesn't have to be such a big event, but try it with just little things. You lost your keys. Oh, thank you, God! I lost my keys. And you keep thanking Him, and you and you will see His power come in, and it'll, and the Holy Spirit will guide you to where those keys are. We've done it many, many times here in this household, and it works. It works by thanking God for for the situations that make us feel you know helpless at times. So, you know, we must train ourselves to say, God, you're powerful, you, you're a deliverer, you're a healer, you're um, a restorer, you are my shepherd. You, you, we're putting it out there because God is all these things, the word says. And that's how we do it. And it's, it's a really hard concept, but practice it daily and you will see Miracles. Um, one of the things that caught me at the very beginning after reading this um, is at the beginning it says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the god the lord god had made okay so notice how the serpent came to tempt eve and say did god really say that you shouldn't touch that tree or eat from it um, in the garden. Um, and she said, of course we may eat from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle that we can't. Okay. So then, and she explains to him, well, God, God said that I will die if we eat or touch it. Okay. And what does a serpent come back with? You won't die. Your eyes are going to be open. Okay. As soon as you eat it, you'll be like God. Knowing both good and evil, so he's saying you're going to have all this wisdom. Go, you know, if you eat from there, you know, you won't die. Where does that come from? Right now, in today's, in today's days, um, the enemy comes in. I mean, we don't see a serpent coming in our house telling us those things. What we get is we get thoughts that are planted in our in our in our mind. So uh, we have to be really careful because he's really really subtle. Um, especially when it comes to your identity and who you are, you know, um, he could have you start comparing yourself to others and start making you feel like you don't have worth. And he, he does it very subtly. So you have to be very careful to turn those thoughts around And you say, well, what does God say about me? He says, I'm a child of God. I'm royalty. I'm a princess. He's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You gotta you gotta turn those thoughts around. And, and when the enemy comes and says, Oh, it's okay, you can have one drink. I know you've been sober for you know for, for twelve years. You can have that drink. It's not gonna hurt you. You don't have a problem. You know, those are the things he comes in to tempt you to go in the direction of sin. So be real careful what thoughts you're allowing. You know, if we don't allow the thoughts to come and set in, then guess what? You're going to turn it around with the Word of God. Take a scripture. Find a scripture. You know, um, you get a bad report from the doctor, and then all of a sudden these thoughts coming in, you know, that you're going to die and all these things. That's the enemy coming, planting the lies. Amen.
0: That's because we have too much TV on us and not enough reading scripture. Yeah. You know, if you have no scripture, it will come up and block that fear. It will block that. Wait a minute. With the word of God says all things are possible. I'm going to thank and praise God for this situation, and learn to turn over. We were in a study last night, and that was the topic: let go and let God. And you got to just keep, <clears throat> saying, keep on trying, <clears throat> keep on seeking, keep on knocking, learning how to turn those things over. Uh, you know, we we the anger and lust. You know, we can talk a lot about things and philosophize about the snake and this and that. We don't have that much time, guys. For me, the anger and the lust and the things that are are pertinent for us to live is, is not to be controlled by these. If you're being controlled about these things, just start thanking God that you're controlled. And that's a way of saying you conquered it. That's the way it's rejoicing and act, we're actually acting in faith that we have the victory because we believe that there's a God that can do all things as possible. And you commit to it. You don't just thank God for two, three days and say, see, it didn't work. Right. It's the same thing other preachers say it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus while you're looking at that pornography, while you're going through the actions, while you're drinking that beer, while you're, you're, you're spilling venom out of your mouth and cussing with somebody you get you say i thank god i did that act like it's a good thing and little by little you're injecting good the word of god you're injecting your choice to praise the most high god he will come in and his mercy little by little will start showering you with grace and strength to be disciplined to conquer it we're going to move on a little quicker and stuff. I just wanted to say on Matthew 7, 7, it says, Judge not, or you shall be judged. Or, or is it Matthew 7, 1? Uh, Stop judging others, and you will not be judged, for others will treat you as you treat them. That's what Anna was saying. "Is someone has to take the initiative, and since we're we know God, we know Jesus, we know Christ, as soon as we take the initiative... For others will treat you as you treat them. Whatever measure you use in judging others, it will be used to measure how you are judged. And why worry about your your friends drinking or their stuff when we have anger and lust hiding in our ours? First, let's fix ourselves up by thanking God that we have a problem. Okay, that's it screws the devil's theology when you do that. And <laughs> Hey, the devil said, you can't thank God for an evil thing. I said, why not? All things are possible. This is how we access God by taking control or giving our willpower over to God. We're giving our, our willpower over to God instead of the lust or the drink or the anger or the rage. It works, folks. It really does. What do you have to lose other than your pride? What do you have to lose if you start doing that? other than your theology or the way you see God should be. Well, then the God can't do That's what my usually reply I get. God isn't like that. I say, really? You know how God acts, huh? <laughs> God says, I can do anything. I can go anywhere. I can accomplish anything. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the world, for I am God and there's no other. Isaiah 45, verse 22 or something like that. All right. Anna's be reading the
1: okay, the book of Matthew I just want to clarify um, on our last session Genesis 1 that we read uh, that's posted um, I mentioned well, I started to read Matthew and it started to talk about the dream that um, God gave to, to Joseph and so I just want to say that um, I said that that was the first mention and it isn't that's the new that's the New Testament it's actually in the Old Testament of a first mention of a dream so the Holy Spirit brought that up, and I just wanted to clarify that. that Where at, at? It's in it's in Genesis, probably when uh, Jacob had the dream.
0: Well, that's we we're, we're, yeah. we haven't got a cut ahead of that. No,
1: but when I read Matthew the other day, I talked about it, it was like, oh, the dreams and the first mention, blah, blah, blah. Anyway.
0: Oh, there you go, folks. Now you know what I got to deal with. <laughs> I
1: have to be correct. <laughs> Thank you, God, for my wife, just the way she is. Exactly. But you know,
0: she does bring a good point. God will teach us in dreams and visions. Yes. And so you always want to be sharp on that thank you
1: amen Matthew 2 13 dash 3 to 6 well there
0: you are you're going to read it yes
1: after the wise men were gone an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream get up flee to Egypt with the child and his mother the angel said stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him that night Joseph left for Egypt with the child And Mary and his mother and they stayed there until Herod's death this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet I called my son out of Egypt Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the stars first appearance Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for a region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate, locusts and wild honey, people from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Amen. Powerful. my place
0: It's wonderful to see how Anna has said about the dream so and one thing about us men uh be faithful like Joseph, take care of the family, work hard, you know uh we're gonna we're gonna be given in Christmas time a pair of socks, and we have to buy them so the little boy, there can't be no little boy or little uh poor me. And competing with the raising of a family, you know, we had our time with our parents. And if we didn't have it, uh, tough luck. Uh, dedicated, being of service to the public, being of service to the family is what men's roles are. A man always has money in his pocket. A man doesn't go to the welfare department. He goes out there and works for it. That's what I was taught. And it's such a good feeling now. To buy your own, treat your family, and what a satisfaction! God says that's the highest blessing and satisfaction a man will get is when you see all your brew around you and you're feeding them out of your own hard work, and raising them. I I believe where people go wrong with the kids is where they they cut God off, and they enjoy all the all the things He created and don't say thank you God for my hiccups, thank you God that um. Or, you know, or read his word and don't have enough of his word in the system to combat life and situations or kids. You know, children need to be disciplined. As the Bible says, that stupidity is wrapped around the heart's child, foolishness. And a rod will get it out, a little stick. You get them on the legs, Say, take the trash, do your homework, beat them again when they get home, take the trash out, beat Beat them again. Beat, you won't not get a second chance when they're teens. You're not gonna. You you have let them run around and boss you around. And you make them do their chores and uh, teach them how to earn money by nine years old. From six to nine, that's your chance that you need to. And if the if the wife uh, uh, objects, that's a lot of us are mother love. We have got too much thinking that love is going to do it. Love without discipline is, is people kill you. They'll turn around and kill you. They need roughage to be built up. Men need roughage, guys, on little girls. We need discipline as children. Talking from a guy that didn't get discipline, I had to get punched in the nose out in the streets. I did not have any discipline. I grew up with no discipline, no love. We didn't even have love. We had We were wild. Our grandma says those children are wild. They're raising up with no love. She came to visit us. And here we are. Wallace can be.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Sorry, babe. Yeah,
1: that's okay. But uh, one of the things I, I loved about Joseph in reading this was that how obedient he was when he did get a dream. You know, he was warned, get out. I mean, that's like you said, he's protecting his family, so... He, Joseph, obviously knew the Holy Spirit, you know, and he knew God because inside of himself already, um, because he he listened, okay? What, you know, what if he would have said, oh, well, mm, I don't believe in dreams,
0: uh-huh. okay? All right. He'd be in
1: a different place right now. <laughs> so I was just giving thanks for Joseph's obedience, you know, he, the Spirit of God was inside of him and he 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 adhered to what you know he took heed to the word and obeyed um when he was given um those dreams uh and I also like the way it talks about how some of these things are fulfilling the prophet the prophetic that the prophets had spoken earlier you know and here it says uh when Joseph left for egypt um they stayed there until Herod's death and said this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Powerful, powerful prophetic um, prophets that had spoken. I, I love that. Um, so anyway, um, I think that's that's good. And we then we get John the Baptist coming in and saying, you know, that the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins. And he was preparing the way of the Lord and that's where we're headed
0: next amen I just want to say the last verse in verse 6 and when they confess their sins he baptized them in the Jordan River when I say I thank you God that I'm sinning in lust I'm confessing my sin and then I am being baptized spiritually with what wisdom peace uh, sanctification I have gone to the right source in righteousness when I thank God for a problem I switched over to the other kingdom, to a spiritual kingdom. And if you keep doing it, you're going to get baptized, permanently sanctified, (laughs) and restored. We're being restored to our natural state. We're being restored. And it's a beautiful thing that all of a sudden, all these problems, all these bad habits, all this sin, it can, can become a treasure throw. Kind of hard to believe, huh? All things are possible, guys. Get excited. I tell the guys, get your your blessing machine gun on, excuse me, or your blessing machine gun uh, voice and start uh, talking to all your, your situation. I thank God for you. I thank God for that. I thank God. And you'll be surprised how they'll back off and fall, and you'll be baptized with goodness and mercy and kindness and love and sufficiency and adventure and peace and laughter and shame will will go away. You got a problem with shame? Thank God you got a problem with shame. The lesson, you're going to be able to tell others about it. So it becomes a lesson. Everything becomes a lesson for for us to help others. All right. I'll, I'll stop drinking coffee and I'll keep my day job. He will be called a Nazarene. if you haven't seen the chosen, it'll touch your heart, the chosen. Please make it a... Thank God you haven't seen the chosen. (laughs) Anna?
1: Okay, so Psalm 2, verses 1 to 12. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The king the kings of the earth prepare for battle the rulers plot together against the lord and against his anointed one let us break their chains they cry and free ourselves from slavery to god but the one who rules in heaven laughs the lord scoffs at them then in anger he rebukes them terrifying them with his fierce fury For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem on my holy mountain. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you're my son. Today I've become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, your rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry. And you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities for his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy... For all who take refuge in him. Amen. And Proverbs 1, 7-9. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace. And be a chain of honor around your neck. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you,
0: Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's the easier, softer way, folks, to uh, thank God for your situations. And if you don't think that's scriptural or theological, let me ask you this. How's it working for you now? Of course, if you have a good system and it's working in your life, I certainly wouldn't ask you to change it, right? If you have peace with your Father in heaven and you control all these uh, dynamic issues that are coming to a human being and you're able to put them under subjection through the Word of God, you're fine. But those of us who are are wild and crazy and and are out there and not living a personal life or if you're bored, lonely, frustrated, even sick, poverty, just start thanking God that you're in those situations, so you can see a marvelous God work, and then you say, "Well, it's not working for Nando." Well, you, the 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 idea is you're you're not dedicated enough. You you're not sold on the idea. You're giving it lip service. We've been doing anyway. I thank God for you, just the way you are. Well, gotta go. Here comes the uh, gardeners. They're the boss here. They'll start. to... Hey, by the way, I pray for gardeners. I had gardeners now for going 10 years. God gave me free gardeners. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, You got a couple of minutes. I'm done. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's word. Thank you for subjecting us under the word of God. And we say yes and amen, Lord. Be it unto us according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for keeping us safe in Jesus' name. Amen. Reading off the wall. Do not work for the food which perisheth, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For I, for on Him the Father has set His seal of approval. John six twenty seven. Matthew four twenty three. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee preaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Proverbs 17:17 17, 17, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. 1 John 5:15 And if we know that he hears us, and in whatever we ask we know that we have the request which we have asked for in him. Amen. Ephesians one sixteen to twenty two. I cease not to give thanks for you, making you mention you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened and that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what's the exceeding greatness of his power to us were who believe, who was raised from the, from from the grave and is seated at the right hand of the father far above all principalities and powers and mights and dominions not only in this world but in the world to come amen bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord O my soul and forget none of his benefits who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from destruction, who restores you and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who restores you and satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Yay. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, You are mistaken not understanding the scriptures nor the power of God. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice evermore over you. Amen. Ezra 311, they sang praising and giving thanks to the Lord. Saying, For he is great, for the loving kindness is upon Israel forever. And of the people all shouted with a great shout when the foundations of the Lord were laid upon them. Luke four nineteen, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed Proverbs 16:20 He who gives attention to the word will find good and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord Amen Matthew 10:42 And whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones a cup of cold water, he will lose his reward. No. And whoever in the name of a disciple gives a cup to one of these little ones a cup of cold water, to drink, surely I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name'sake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Lord has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The Lord has anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. My daddy is rich and is well-known over all the world. Now, thanks be to God who always leads me in triumph in Christ Jesus. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.